fucking right. <laughs> and now, rate One that sec. album. I'll be right back. Season I'm actually going to pour myself a little glass of scotch while we do this. Paul Jay Z drove me to drink. Jay Z drove me to drink. One sec. No stop. <laughs> Actually, yeah, okay. All right. Actually, no, I am. Um, I splurged a little bit and got myself some Johnny Walker Green, so oh, nice. I've been uh, been making excuses to drink it. Okay. <laughs> Fine with me. I need I need my caffeine for the podcast. Otherwise, I get too goofy. Yeah, no, fair enough. All right, sir, go ahead and start when you're ready. Hi, and welcome back to Rate That, Rate that Album. Back and forth album review between myself, Joseph Fremming, and my good friend, Paul Muad'Dib. Paul, how are you doing? I need an encore, buddy. I need an encore. <laughs> no, well, I'm good. Please allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Joe, Joe, J to the O-E. <laughs> I can't even, I can't keep up with you on that. Um... <laughs> No, I'm good, you know, um, we are officially making this part of this, uh, when you hear this, you'll have other things before it, but this will be the official first um, episode of season three of the show, so, um, yeah, no, we're doing good, um, I'm glad we did this, um, I'll be very, 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 very frank, and I'll make this, I've never listened to the Black Album front to back before. I've listened to tracks off of it. I've always meant to do it. Um, I'm very familiar with about, I would say, 10 of the 13 songs. Um, but I've never actually sat down and listened to it as an album. Yeah. Uh, so we're discussing Jay-Z's Black album. Uh, yeah. And it's, a, it's an album where, yeah, like you said, 10 of the songs have had airplay out of it, which is kind of remarkable they weren't all big hits but a lot of people re uh, can recognize them uh, mm -hmm. so paul let's talk about black album paul 2003 jay-z announced he was going to retire <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> yeah and yeah. his uh his farewell album was going to be called the black album did Metallica already do it 10 years earlier? Well, I think Spinal Tap beat all of them to the punch. <laughs> so but, uh, yeah, this album, this is going to be his farewell album. Very much sounds like a farewell album. It would have been an amazing farewell album. What's that? It would have been probably one of the finest farewell albums mm. had he actually retired. Yeah. Hands down, had he actually retired, this would have been the shit. Yes. I did not know in listening to this that, the his, that this was his retirement album, so I'm going to bring up some things as we go through some of his tracks and things like that, that I was questioning 
the order of the album actually. Yeah, it's a weird album. We'll get to that. Yeah, uh, this is a, this is also this is a pretty remarkable album. It's in my opinion his strongest album. It's up yes. there with I would say with the Blueprint albums and uh, after this I, album, I don't think he even came close to anything like this until he did Watch the Throne with Kanye West. Uh, um, yeah, maybe, maybe Blueprint three, but this one's front to back is is more solid than I think anything he'd ever put out. I think that's also a reason why I think the reason that is, is he saw this as his grand farewell. (laughs) So he put, it feels like he put everything into it and it was an interesting album going in because each track was originally going to be produced by a different producer. Which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. It turned out not to be that way, but he does have a heavy hitters. (laughs) <laughs> if you will, mm-hmm. especially of the time of producers. He has the Neptunes, Timbaland, Eminem and Resto, Rick Rubin, uh, mm-hmm. DJ Quick, and of course, a young up-and-comer at the time, Kanye West. Now, Kanye, I think he'd release his solo album shortly after this com- comes out. But uh, I remember when this hit, nobody really knew who he was. No. No, and, and it's very guy, interesting yeah, it's very interesting. This kind of like puts him on the map, and honestly, his the songs he produces are at least one of them is like one of my favorites on the album. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, say uh, what you will about yes. the man; he could fucking produce albums. Oh God, yeah. And what's what, what I'm going to bring up now before we go through it, because I'm just going to talk a little bit about this part of it. Was I realize I know more about hip hop than I thought I did (laughs) because once again, I'm listening to this album and I really, I actually, it wasn't until 10 minutes before we started recording that I pulled up the Wikipedia because I wanted to go in with as little as possible. Right. Yeah. And, but as I was listening to him, I'm like, God, that sounds a lot like Kanye. God, that sounds a lot like a, like a, like a beat that Eminem would do, you know? And you know, when he's calling out like, you know, you know, Rick Rubin, I knew I knew Rubin was 99 uh, was 99 problems because Rubin's on that song. video for 99 problems. You know? yeah. 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 And again, I've done it for um, I've done it for a uh, uh, karaoke. And he's listed as one of the writers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. I, now, the one I didn't know because I completely forgot about him um, was Timbaland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, say what you will up. about him, he could produce, and especially Timbaland does dirt off your shoulders. So, mm-hmm. whatever your reservations are about him, he did dirt off your shoulders, and you didn't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I give Timbaland credit for that. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, this is a interesting album. Again, this is kind of like the beginning of, at least you know, I'm not. I know hip hop, but you know, I just at this time I'm a little foggy. But I think this is. Maybe a year before Kanye's first album, uh, the Dropout or whatever—I forget what it was. Late registration. Yep. Or yep. The Dropout. The Dropout came out the same year as yeah. as this one. Yep. Yeah, and so this kind of like this is it's a weird watershed moment for hip hop. Now let's kind of go back in the way back machine into the '90s before, because there was a huge. I think a lot of people forget there was a huge. Uh, whole left in the hip-hop community and especially with like popular hip-hop when uh after the deaths of big and uh tupac absolutely because uh that's when 
the West Coast stuff started to implode with uh, Death Row Records. I mean, we could do a whole... That's another label we could probably do a whole podcast on. Holy shit. Yeah, the fact that... that, Just Well, and it just... It's not even over, right? Because just in the last, what, three months... um, Snoop bought it? Snoop Dogg... Yeah, Snoop bought it. So, I mean, the story of it isn't even over yet. Yeah. Death Row is is so... uh, Such a storied uh, label. Yeah. And so, like, there's, like, this weird... Like, after that happens... It's like it takes like a few beats before a new rise of uh, MCs come along. One of them, Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Nas and, Nas, and then especially at that time, Eminem. Eminem was coming up big time. Coming at up, that yeah. Time. So these three kind of became started like this was the next wave of popular hip hop, and uh, Jay Z was very close with uh, B.I.G. But, and, you know, there was all these, the beefs were coming back, but it's undisputed, I think, that Jay-Z is now considered the king of that era. 100%. I would say, if there's going to be a Mount Rushmore of MCs, Jay-Z's on it. Yes, yes. I think, I think, you know, so, from my mind. uh, That's debatable, but he's definitely one of them. He's one of them. And, you know, around the same time, too, after after, uh, B.I.G. died, you know, people, I, you know, Puffy was also a big thing that was coming up at the time. But I, I even I personally don't think P. Diddy put out the amount of great material and that Jay-Z did. And to be honest, Puff Daddy was more of a producer than an MC. Yes. Yep. He tried to step out and do it. And I always felt that his production work was far better than what he would put out on his own albums, yeah. Yeah, it's like when Dr. Dre would rap. Like, you know, you'd hear it, and you'd be like, oh, good thing he's just mostly a producer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people people are like, oh, man, why wasn't there a Chronic 2? Because that was his best. <laughs> it took, it took <laughs> did that Chronic, long. Chronic for... 2001, and I swear, I say after the Chronic, he didn't really have to do another album. No, no, and that like, was That's it. like... Uh, that's just, like when we talk about perfect albums again. That's probably as close as you're going to get to a perfect hip hop album. Is the chronic? Is the chronic? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, that thing will go down. So yeah, I mean, if there's a route, there's a Mount Rushmore. I mean, Dre's on it. Yeah, um, absolutely, Dre's on it. Um, yeah, Jay Z, hundred percent. I wish I could say Kanye would be on it, but he's not. No, he's uh, not a good. Like, he's not in a. If we're gonna do a, yeah. yeah. We'll do a Kanye West album at some point. Talk yeah, about yeah. it for sure. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's he's talented. He's just not a yes. strong MC. Dre's not a strong MC. Slick Rick is on that top. Is on yeah. that. Is yeah. on that. Here's a, a Mount Rushmore of MC. Slick Rick's on it. Mm-hmm. Jay Z's on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Snoop, I would probably put on there just because you know he's a different cadence. Yeah, he, he is a different cadence. So. Yeah, um, but yeah. So Jay Z kind of like came and. Fucking he, he he picked up he picked up that throne dropped by Biggie and he took it all the yeah. way, man. Like he really did, and uh, he, really he did. was knocking it out of the park with each album. And then in two thousand three, he's like, "I'm going to retire," <laughs> and then he records the Black album again. Uh, we'll get into it track by track, but it's probably as 
at least in my opinion, it's his best album. I would agree with that. I mean, I okay, so I like okay. Let's because we don't go back and really, you know, go back and do multiple albums. Okay, so the blueprint, right? Which is the other one that this one gets compared to a lot. People are like, was it as good as the blueprint? Okay, so does it have Izzo on it? No, it doesn't have Izzo on it. Izzo was like a club thing, things like that. Okay, so that's not on it. Does it have Jigga that nigga? Uh, you know, yeah, I would say actually it does, and we'll get there. Yeah. Um, but but overall, I mean, the blueprint. It really is like two or three songs that I really feel like, you know, elevate it. And let's be let's be frank here. Now that's an old album. That one came out two years earlier. And now he's going to retire, by the way. But Kanye West was also working with him on that album as well. So was Eminem. Um, so when he brought back these people for um, you know th- th- this the the black album. I feel pound for pound, the songs are far more weighted and have far more gravitas than yeah, they did on the blueprint. And again, I think it's because he's he thought this was going to be his last album. And mm-hmm. I think he really brought it. And another thing that's interesting, and we'll talk about it a bit, I think, as we go along, is that even though like it's almost all different producers, it still has the same feel mm-hmm. throughout the, from track one to track 14, which is very uh how <laughs> you know what i mean like yes you, you, you get so many different uh producers, producers. So, so many different styles but yet each each feels like it belongs to the next one you know what i mean mm-hmm. yes no there's definitely what feels like a running theme and the only thing that's there is jay-z creating that chord yeah between the songs and that is part of his strength and yeah, I'd say this is also as lyrically lyrically as strongest Strong. album. There's 100%. a lot of reflection on this album. It's and looking back at his own uh, <laughs> career, which I mean, it's it, at this point, it's not really a long one. No, it's really a short career. Like he only, I mean, in that time frame, he put out. I think it was this was um, the Black Album. Was it his uh, eighth or ninth album? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which people go, yeah, that's not a long career, but you got to realize it. He's basically like reasonable doubt, I think was his first one. Wasn't it? Yeah, I believe. And reasonable doubt was At least the, first. That's the first one I remember. Yeah. And I, I just looked at, it. it was the first one that came out in 96. He's retiring supposedly in 2003. It's not even a 10 year. <laughs> it's not even a 10 year career in the music business. People don't retire in the music business in seven years. But in seven years, most people don't put out nine fucking albums. No, no, no. And uh, those albums each having number one hits on each one. Mm-hmm. Which, yes. is, again, that's a rare thing. Very yeah, rare. so this was, like, we'll get into it. But, yeah, this he seems very reflective. There's a part where he talks about how he could have been a tally quietly. I butchered that, but. You yep. Know, that's okay. But, you know, like I think he could have, but you know, he went another route. Like he, he's looking back and then kind of he's kind of comparing himself to other MCs, but he like it really doesn't matter to him, which yeah. is a weird kind of dynamic. But, but I, let's I, also I, talk. Let's get now. Let's talk about the weird tracking because it's because <laughs> we're going to track by track, and it starts with interlude. Yes. So okay, I did not realize again. 
I, okay, in 2003, I'm going to be very, very honest. Um, the Black Album was nowhere near my radar with the group of people I was hanging out with at the time. It, we were very much into more of the college rock, okay? And I really came into a lot of these things, I would say probably in about within three years' time after this album came out, I started to really get into it. So I did not know that this was a retirement album. Um, even knowing that, <laughs> so... You get it starts with interlude, which is weird. Like, why do you start with an interlude? Um, then well, it ends with his first song, and it ends with my first song. And like the first three songs, two, three, and four, all sound like you know when I'm gone and I'm done. You know, oh, and then it kind of ends like those are those are you know like okay. So it should have been like I should have ended, in my opinion, with. December 4th, or like that should have been the second to last track. Then what more can I say? Then do encore, you know, like end it with encore. Like you're, it's the encore End the fucking album with it. So I don't know what happened or where it happened. I think it's because of the theme, like beat wise and musically it's, um, it, there's a flow to it. And I wonder if, the vocal or the you know to be fair i think a lot of rappers know that not everyone's going to hang on every single word there's going to be some things that get lost to their the normal audience so i think it was what's more important the lyrical content of hey this is you know i'm saying i'm done blah 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 or is the flow of the record and i think, I think yeah, yeah the flow of the record the flow it, of the record even though it starts with an interlude it works so uh, i'm gonna bring up uh, i'm gonna compare this to a second here uh, to Radiohead. I know that sounds crazy. Like, what the fuck? But, so Radiohead put out that album. Um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, uh, the Moon. Uh, a moon a moon-shaped pool. Okay? One of the things I've always loved about Radiohead was their ability to have a flow to, to their albums. With a pool-shaped moon, instead of having a flow, because these are a lot of songs that they... Um, it's almost like uh, the last Pink Floyd album that they did, where they just released like unreleased stuff over the years. They released the tracks alphabetically, and I I love Radiohead. I do not like a moon shaped pool at all because yeah. the flow doesn't go in order where I can feel like, oh man, this is good. And I will give Jay Z total props to this is the fact that he had the album, he made an album that had a flow, and said fuck you know, what the original intent was, we got to make it have this flow. Yeah, yeah, I think because, yeah, because it flows like that, because honestly, you could have started the album with December 4th. Mm-hmm. You, you would have ended it and started it with that. Yep. But it would also work as a beginning, because it's basically his mom telling his story. Yep, which was really cool, which is really well done. Yeah, yeah. And then, so, and then you go into What More Can I Say, which is the first song that kind of has, has a hook. Mm-hmm. You know, and I really like that. And then <laughs> you get into on. So what do you what? Uh, so encore, Paul. Oh God. So this is the one right away where I knew Jay Z was. Uh, I mean, uh, Kanye West was on it. I'm like, this is a Kanye West beat and feel, <laughs> yeah. like hundred percent. Like I'm like, oh man, Kanye. Like I was like, God, is Kanye on this? And then later, I think it's in. Uh, Lucifer, he calls him out. And I was like, ah, yep, all right, all right. So Kanye West was sneaking around the fucking boards uh, in the studio. 
Encore yep. is a fucking okay. Ninety nine problems gets like the most love. Yeah. Encore is like to me the topper of this album. It's so fucking good. Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah, and this is that beat. Yeah, it's a the, West production, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, it just, he just fucking kills it. It he just fucking kills it. It's great. <laughs> it is. It is great. It is absolutely fucking amazing. I mean, again, I know ninety nine problems is like the big one off of this. But it should have been encore because <laughs> it is. It, it, I mean, just the vibe of it. And again, it's Jay Z makes it his own. And um, it, but I, I mean, this is. I mean, again, like. But again, in terms of the lyrics, I I, I was like, this is a really weird. This is a weird place for track four to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Um, but it works. <laughs> it does work. It does work. But I will say, I think it's kind of weird when he's saying, uh, "Like I'm, I'm young." Ho raps, "Grateful Dead." Like, dude, you're not. You haven't been around that long, man. It's seven years, and you're retiring. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's again, it's those lines that not everybody's going to hang on with all of them uh, all the time. But yeah. But this also showed that. Uh, the combination of Jay-Z and Kanye. That's why I really love Watch the Throne, because I think they really work very well together. It's very well. That I don't think they'll ever work again. I don't think they'll ever work together again. Yeah. I think I think Kanye burned that bridge yeah. with um, with Jay-Z. Yeah, and that's a, that's a shame, because I, I think they bring out the, the, the strengths in each other. Mm-hmm. And you hear it on, you know, Encore, and you hear it on Lucifer, and all, uh, you know, and then watch the full, the throne with like black skinhead and shit like that. It's just like these guys when they work together, it's magic. It is magic, and that is it's it's it's, you know, it, it, we we've you and I have seen, you know, we've always said, don't meet your heroes, right? Don't <laughs> meet your idols. Um, but yeah, it's really unfortunate that that Kanye kind of sucked up into his own ass. Yeah, and I'll steal that quote from one uh, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> you got, yeah, he got sucked up in his own ass, man. It's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah, wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight, Paul. Wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, then we get sense. Try and test me. <laughs> we get him to change clothes with F- Pharrell Williams, and you could hear Pharrell in there. Yep, yep, yep. Very unique voice. <laughs> you know, Very unique. Uh, I love Pharrell. Mm-hmm. So yeah. He's, yeah he's... Pharrell's awesome, really. I think Pharrell doesn't get enough credit. Um, then you get Dirt Off Your Shoulder, which is a great this fucking song. This is my song. favorite. This is my favorite song of the album. It's so good. And this is the one where I didn't pick out Timberland. Like, once I saw it was Timberland, I'm like, of course it's Timberland. Of course but, it's Timberland. <laughs> of course it's Timberland. But, yeah, it's like, again, it's like a lot of this album is just like, you know, it's like shit like nothing's gonna knock me down man like 99 problems and this are just like those kind of tracks are like dirt off my shoulders like you don't mean shit to me people Mm -hmm. so fucking good yeah i love that um absolutely um it is and i think there's been um uh yeah i mean it's just what I, i can't even um with it it's just so good yeah um, it's got it's so catchy 
It's it's let's, just let's, this thing of this album is a lot of catchy songs. And the beats, like again, that beat is the shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that beat is the absolute shit. <laughs> if you feel like a pimp, go and put your shoulders off. Ladies, <laughs> pimps too. Go and put your shoulders. Yeah, off. it was pretty progressive at that time, saying ladies are pimps too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, this is this is. Jay Z at a, at his best, you know, before uh, Beyonce just kicked his balls oh. into the ground. Again, I'm so surprised we didn't do 4:44, but we're here and I'm loving it. <laughs> I want to do one. I want to do a good one, Paul. Fair enough. Fair oh. enough. Um, All right, we get Threat next. Which I, is- this is my favorite. Honestly, yeah. this is my favorite track on the album. Yeah, he's a little angry on this one, Paul. I did not know that was Cedric the Entertainer. I was looking for because I thought it was clips from like a like a movie, like a like a black exploitation film that I didn't see, which is rarely, which it probably isn't possible um, because I've seen all of them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that's Cedric the Entertainer on there. Oh my God, he is. I told you <laughs> nine or ten times. Stop fucking with me. I told you nine <laughs> albums. Stop fucking with me. <laughs> oh, oh, good. And then you got, and then you got Cedric just being fucking crazy. Oh God, yes. I can't yep. trust eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I put you in the mattress like drug money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll chop you up. Put you inside the mattress like drug money. Oh, yes. I'll throw a Molotov through your mama's mama's house where everybody lives. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I was, I, I had an inappropriate daddy time in the car, and I was like, don't tell mom I'm listening to this right now. <laughs> your kids are getting an education, Paul. They sure is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to rate that album. Thanks to rate that album. Best Dad Award. Um, uh, yeah, um, I love that one. Yeah, I love Threat. Threat's good. Next, we have Moment of Clarity, which actually, you know, it's produced by Eminem and Resto. It feels kind of like an Eminem song. You know, that was the thing when I was listening to it. I was like, you know, for 2003, he hadn't done Mom Spaghetti yet. This has that Mom Spaghetti feel with like the bass and things like yeah. that. Yeah, like this to me feels because I'm remembering correctly, Joe. I think you only had the Slim Shady LP and the um, Marshall Marsh- Mathers. Yeah, right. were, those were the only ones that he had out. Which were both more comedy, like it was more like a like a like a comedy type of album. I mean, he was still rapping, but I mean, God, I remember laughing my ass off to a bunch of those songs. I I really I think Marshall it. Mathers had uh, Stan. Did it? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, it had Stan. Yes. So yeah, he was kind of breaking out at least by then, at least doing a little more serious. But, yeah, because his first one is uh, Marshall Mathers. It's you know, there's humor in it. And it's you know, it's kind of shock. Yep, because it had the it had the skits in it. Yeah. Um, I believe no, it was um, uh, well, yeah, because the Marshall Mathers also had the real Slim Shady. Still, I'm thinking of um, mushrooms from Slim Shady LP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. But he hadn't gone, you know, to where he would. But I really think that this right here, Moment of Clarity, is the genesis and origin of him coming up with some really strong, serious beats. 
Yeah, and I think it's also like you know, it's a few years after Stan, so it also feels kind of has that uh, more serious vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So I think yes. yeah, Eminem has an interesting career. I don't like all of his stuff, but like nope. he, when he's on fire, like again, like he's on that mount. He'd probably he'd probably be on the Mount Rushmore of MCs. He like, would yeah, deserve it. Like, nobody can. I mean, he humiliated Machine Gun Kelly to the point the guy makes pop punk now. Yeah, no, he is. He, <laughs> I, I love the guy. I love the guy. So, yeah, I never met him, so I don't know if I love him. Very <laughs> <laughs> story. Next, story. now we come to the probably the biggest song off the album, mm-hmm. uh, produced by Rick Rubin, "99 Problems." This is yeah. This was this has always been my breakup song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if I go through a breakup, this is you know it's "99 Problems," man. <laughs> well. You know, and you're crazy for this one, Rick. You're crazy for this one, Rick. You're my boy. <laughs> um, okay, I have done this song for karaoke. I did this song when Bruce Henches <laughs> was at the karaoke bar I was at, and I'm like, "Hey, that's hey, I know you." I'm like, hey, "You, you, 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 uh, the high school." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm the principal." I'm like. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to do a song. Check this out. And I was 99 Problems. <laughs> um, you know, I absolutely adore this song. Uh, however, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think our last couple albums have proved, or our last couple albums, our last couple episodes, um, this song I don't think you can make today. Um, this would be problematic. Um, I think people would be all over it if you tried to make 99 problems today. I've already heard people like this already got kind of a reputation. Personally, I think it's a brilliant song. And those that think it's problematic have not probably listened to it. Because especially that third verse, it really gets into what he's talking about. Well, people are upset all the, all the time by stupid bullshit. Just need to fuck right off. There. That's Joe's hot take. There you go. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them and their stupid hair. Yeah, it's um it's <sighs> we just can't enjoy things anymore, can we? Can we? That's yeah, no. just what it is, man. It's like, just what it is. Yeah. Go, culture goes through all sorts of changes, but they'll never <laughs> you may, they may take my life, but they'll never take my 99 problem. They'll never take my 99 problem. No, no, the hook, everything on this song. Yeah, yeah. it fun. makes me really wish Rick Rubin would produce more hip hop. He's got an ear for it, man. Like Rick, well, yeah. but the problem is we've we've talked about Rick Rubin several times. On, he's a problem. He's very problematic with which artists don't like working with. Him. Right, like he has a reputation of working with people like once or twice, and no one ever wants to work with him again because he's kind of a prick. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he did. I mean, he worked with. Let's let's talk a little bit about this. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, it, it, over the years, he's worked with LL Cool J. He worked with Run DMC. He worked with Jazzy J. Um, he's worked. Boys. He's worked with the Beastie Boys. He's worked with Public Enemy. Um, you know, he, he worked with Danzig, but that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, this guy's also worked with Andrew Dice Clay. I mean, he's been all aboard. He, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, however you want to refer to them. There, there is some rap there in there. Um, you know, but then he really got into the rock and kind of stayed there, yeah. um, especially, you know, in 
in, in the in the two, in the in the nineties, he was you know wasn't really around much anymore um, for it. And then he obviously he got in the he did um, he worked with Jay Z, um, and that was really it, right? I think. Oh uh, no, he well, he, with, he uh, helped revitalize Johnny Cash. That was kind of like his big. And he worked with you know in the nineties, he was busy with like. Johnny Cash and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, yep. he fell kind of into that rock hole. Yep. And I think it was like, I think with, especially with hip hop, like him and Russell Simmons, like really burned a lot of bridges at Def Jam. Yeah. And we talked about that in our very first episode with uh, yep. Beastie Boys. We talked and, about that. Yeah, they, yep. they, they were pretty shady with money and all that. So oh, just, just absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, and then he did, you know, he had him and Danzig butt heads and shit. Like, well, Danzig butts heads with everyone. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say that. Well, but... even it says in mother, are you going to butt bang heads with me? Yeah. 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 But I mean, yes, he's yes. literally asking people to butt heads with them. Uh, I mean, um, but yes, I mean, there has been this thing with Rick, but yeah, I, I, I mean, why was he working with Poison in 2007? Like, because at that point he burned a lot of bridges and no one really wanted to work with him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. All right. So after any problems, we get an actual, where an interlude probably should come, yeah. you know, in between songs. We get the public service announcement, which is, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It, it works just to bridge the gap between ninety nine problems and another one of my favorites on the album. Justify my th- justify my thug. Okay, you and I are going to disagree on this one. I love the beat, but I didn't love the flow on it. I felt that the flow didn't match the beat very well. In my opinion, this to me is my least favorite track on the album. Yeah, it's all right. It's got it's got its hooks. It's got the Madonna hook. People like it. Who cares? Yeah, nope, that's fair. I mean, again, <laughs> you know, it's not the strongest, but I like it still. I think, and I like the the remix that uh, Danger Mouse did with the Gray album with this. And I want it. We, we're going to discuss the Gray album. <laughs> we are. At, yes, because I yeah, want. We'll get to that. that at the end. Here. But but I and again, when I say it's my least favorite track of the album, let me say it in this regards. We have said nothing but good things. About yeah. It's not like it takes a giant dip. It's no, just, no. It's just it just it. It feels a little clunky. I'll, it feels I, I'll agree with you. It's kind of a clunky. With the there you go. Thing. Yes. Yep. Uh, produced by DJ Quick. Yep. All right. Now we get to this a song I just love because it's so fucking ridiculous. Oh my God. And this is like again, this kind of shows uh, the genesis of the brilliance of uh, Kanye with. Doing batshit crazy productions. Uh huh. We get to Lucifer. <laughs> I love this song, dude. I, I fucking love this. Love this. <laughs> oh, God, because I love it so much. Son of the morning. <laughs> yeah, the sample. The like, sample is nuts. <laughs> yeah, the sample is fucking crazy. And you wouldn't think it's, that. The sample would... is from uh, Chase the Devil by, yes. by Max Romero. Romeo. Yes, and again, you, you, it, it, this goes back to too how like remember when Harder came out with Kanye and people were like, who would have thought to take that? And this is this is the, again the origin. Like there is a genius to Kanye for all the shit that he gets. There is a genius there when it comes to being able to create hooks and beats and samples. No one in their right mind would have sampled this. Nobody else but Kanye would have sampled this. No. Uh- I have my problems with Kanye, obviously. I think we all do, because uh, mm-hmm. 
he's kind of turned into a toxic shit bag. Like, you know, I just kind of dipped on the, the people all woke and being, but they do have a point and I'll agree with them that, you know, buying the house across the street from your ex-wife is some fucking toxic shit. You don't put out an album of killing your ex-wife's boyfriend. Um, you, I mean, you don't. I don't put know. I kind of think Pete Davidson's a giant dick bag, so I'm all right with that. <laughs> well, here's the thing: <laughs> regardless of what your thoughts are with Pete Davidson, I just, I mean, there are like red flags manifesting yeah, here. Giant red flags, like um, yeah. When I heard that, and uh, heard he bought the house across the street. And then uh, he did the video, the animation where he kills uh, Pete Davidson. Yep. The, fir- yep. the first thing that popped in my head was O.J. Simpson. Yes, absolutely. That was the first thing that popped in my head. I'm like, this is going to be, this is going to be the next O.J. Yeah. This is going to be really, really bad. Um, this, yeah, I was, um, I'm still very fearful that we're going to wake up, you know, and I mean, I do not care. I do not give two fucking shits about the Kardashians. I don't give two fucking shits about Pete Davidson. However, in that situation and knowing what we know, I don't wish what Kanye is doing in that situation on anyone. No, it's, it's, it's not good. Like at the end of the day, be a fucking human and care about other people and Again, I don't like Kim Kardashian. I'm not a fan of Pete Davidson. I you're listening to me say Kanye West is a fucking genius, but that's way over the line. And someone needs to like put up the thing and saying, "Whoa, wait a minute, he needs this needs to be addressed before someone yeah. gets killed." And Absolutely. I somebody's gonna get hurt. Someone's gonna get hurt. Yeah, you know, like I I, I can I can see that Kanye is both a musical genius and. Very problematic. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this is a uh, yeah. So that shit is scary. But Lucifer is <laughs> Lucifer is an amazing. <laughs> the beats on it, man. Like holy shit. Like it's just it's fucking wild, man. Like it's like if Jay Z and Kanye just dropped this song just out of nowhere. And like they, there was no black album. I'd still be perfectly happy with. It. <laughs> oh God, yeah, no. This song is, and this is again when I knew that Kanye was on it. Um, yeah, it's unmistakably Kanye. Well, you know, yeah, he, he goes, Kanye, you did it again. You're a genius, and I'm like, oh, like Kanye was on this. <laughs> So yeah. Yeah. yeah, someday we'll do my dark, beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy because that has a, a lot of really weird samples on it. Yeah, he even, yeah. even calls himself a gay fish because apparently he can have a sense of humor. <laughs> After the South Park episode, but then motherfucking gay fish. <laughs> but then, uh, then he went and attacked South Park anyway again. After that, so showing like he still has very thin skin. Very, very, very thin skin. Yeah, Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> are you a hobbit? <laughs> and then you get a lure, which mm, eh, mm. I mean, at this point, I this really is bringing us like, to the end, man. This is like lure is fine. Like I think the samples and stuff are are fine. Yeah, this is just basically just like if we're if this is like a baseball game. This is the song that's waving us in to run home. You yep. know, yep. Like, it's like we're ending this. Come on now, and then. Yeah, it's it's not it's not my favorite, but it's not it's serviceable to get us to my first song. Yep, that's exactly where it is. It's to get us to my first song, which is a great song, and 
<laughs> kind of weird because you know he's thanking everybody for his career. Yep. You know he's going through it. You know he thanks B.I.G. Yep. Burba. And uh, Burba. <laughs> Burba. <laughs> we gotta do B.I.G. too. At some we point. do gotta do B.I.G. at some point. But yeah, he's thanking everybody for his career because again. This whole experience was like him reflecting on his career and saying goodbye to us, the fans, and the people who got him here. I mean, the song is about how he's getting from point A to kind of point B. It's a great way to end. It's a great it's, way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. then he didn't retire. <laughs> nope. And, and actually, you know, a side note, this is actually was, uh, uh, this was a, uh, Supposedly, U.S. Um, uh, uh, Barack Obama's um, favorite song, favorite Jay Z song. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, he, you know, he samples B.I.G. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's it, it's so good. I mean, it's you, good. you know, he's he, it's like it's very kind of humble, which you don't hear in hip hop a lot. And a lot yeah. of these songs are kind of like has shows a side where he's reflective and a little humble at times, you know, not all the time because it's still a very, uh, hip hop, especially with this time is very, still very, uh, hyper masculine. I, I think that this chest is, thumping kind of thing, but this is kind of like him. Uh, this is true confidence is what yeah. this is. This album yeah. is true confidence. This he, is like the antithesis, he, the four forty four. Yeah. Paul, this is him going out on top. Yeah. This is Jay-Z going out on top of the world. You know, he's saying goodbye. It's the ballsiest move you can do in music. Just like, fuck, I'm done. This is it. I've created my masterpiece. Fuck y'all. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. And then he wasn't. <laughs> and then he wasn't. And then he came back. Um, he came back with a bad album called uh, Kingdom Come, I think. I think it was Kingdom Come was the next album. Uh, no, no, it was Unfinished Business. It was Unfinished Business oh, that was the yeah, next. He one. also did this, that, and like Lincoln Park and mm -hmm. Smash Up. But like, I think his next official like album album was Kingdom Come. Okay, because yeah, because that was him with R. Kelly, which is we're not going to talk about R. Kelly. But yes, Kingdom I will say if you want uh, unintentional hilarity. Watch the tra Trapped in the Closet movie. It is fucking the most... Uh, a little person shits their pants. Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I feel like I'm having a... I felt like I watched it once. I felt like I was having a stroke the whole time. Because it's the most <laughs> insane thing you'll ever watch. I... Okay, I'll watch it. I will watch it at some point. I promise I will watch it. R. Time. Kelly's toxic. Don't get me wrong. But Trapped in the Closet is fucking weird. And uh, I would <laughs> recommend, if you want to see something truly bizarre, watch that. Because it's... It, is it Lynchian? No! I would say it's almost more Waters-ish. John Waters-ish. Oh, okay. okay, fair enough. It's, it's, just, it's weird. I like, Beyonce's Lemonade that. movie, that's Lynchian. Uh, yeah. This, <laughs> this movie is... Uh, I, you have to remember, even in the circumstances, like this is a guy on top of the world with an R&B career, and he puts out this movie, and it's the most fucking, what the, f it, it, movie should, <laughs> it should have just been called WTF. Nice. All right, all right, I, I promise I will check that out. Um, so, before we get to the Grey album, I do want to talk a little bit about the Blueprint 3, because I think that the Blueprint 3, I am going to say this, you and I 
like at least for me i jay-z wasn't as big you know whatever in my mind and there's people that when um the black album came out they weren't really in on it either and for whatever reason like i remember working at target around the time that blueprint 3 came out um and or was i at target i don't i i remember seeing it at target all the fucking time all the time um on their little thing about you know because doa um which to me is a great song but you gotta remember also okay. had I think also empire state of mind mind song yep and his cover of forever young was on there so you know <clears throat> um yes so i just think that um there was some things to come that were really good. We're not going to discount that, but I think dollars for donuts. This is by far the crest point and the high note of what Jay Z's career was. Yeah, and is. And I th- again, I think it goes into he was put. I think he put a lot of effort into this because he thought it was going to be his last. I completely agree with that. And, I think, and, and I, I think he wanted to go out on top, and. It, if he if he would have quit after this, he would he would have. But uh, you know, I don't blame him for not wanting to give up or stop. I don't know what was prompting him to retire, but he, he didn't, and he he put out mu- good music afterwards. So it's not like he was like, oh man, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> like it's good, but it's just it's a weird footnote to this album, and it kind of overshadows the album because a lot of it's about self-reflection and looking back at your <laughs> career and you know thanking everybody at the end of the album so interestingly enough i did look into this um and um in the time frame that you and i were, were doing this album because i was really curious about it we're doing this podcast so i guess his whole thing was he was gonna drop jay-z and go to sean carter that he felt that he had gone where he could go as jay-z and wanted to kind of break away. So I don't know if in his mind there was a split between who Jay-Z and Sean Carter was. Um, which you don't really see because, again, a lot of rappers go by their names forever. You know, it's not. It's just what it is. But, yeah. So that was kind of his thing. And actually, when he was going to put out Kingdom Come, he was going to release it under Sean Carter but they're like, dude, no one knows you as Sean Carter. Like, yeah. you got to stay with Jay-Z. Otherwise, it's not going to fucking sell. You know what he should have done? should have done what Eminem did. And just name one of his albums after his real name. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Now everybody now knows Eminem is both Slim Shady and Marshall Mathers. Because his two biggest albums are named after his alter egos and his real name. Yep. No, I completely agree. Like, that would have been smarter. Like, Jay-Z, Sean Carter, you know, Reborn. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, but yeah, but for whatever reason, he went with Kingdom Come, so there's that. Okay. So real quick, let's get into the Grey Album, because I really want to... I love the Grey Album. I don't know about you. I, like, yeah. that. that's what turned me on. I had never known Danger Mouse prior, and I don't know, if, you know, if he did anything prior. Like, if that was, like, his big, big thing. I think thing. that was a big intro. Yeah, that's kind of what got me onto this album because I heard the Gray album back in the day when you downloaded music. Yep. Uh, I you know I downloaded off Soul Seek, which was you know 
was one of those programs that didn't give your computer, you know, massive viruses. Yeah, like, oh, like those fair share, like fair share, and then, yeah, I know, I know, right? Because we were using LimeWire, just LimeWire. Might as well just throw your computer in the trash if you download that. LimeWire was the worst, and everyone used it. I'm like, don't use LimeWire. Yeah, LimeWire fucks up computers. All right, but yeah, um, the the gray album was and is. I think a testament to what it really the art, and I think that's what opened up to because I don't think you can buy the gray album anywhere. No, I think no, it was uh, it was just uh, done independently. Um, it could never be sold because no. of all the copyright issues with Beatles. Although the 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 surviving Beatles members loved it, Jay Z loved it. How it comes about is this album was. Black Elm was one of the few albums that was released with an acapella version. So, and the whole idea behind that was because it gets out there and gets people the songs. You know, people are doing their own remixes, so it's people are hearing the songs. You know, it's getting more push, 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 and that was the whole thing. People are going to remix the hell out of it, mm-hmm. and they did. And then Danger Mouse decided to do the mashup with Beatles' White Album and Jay Z's Black Album called the Gray Album. And it was really good. <laughs> it, it was is, really good. It is and really put good. House on the map, yes. Because he is using, and it, it, it's just, it, it, and again, they didn't go through all of the Beatles catalog. He went through the fucking White Album. Yeah, just one Beatles album and one Jay Z album. Yeah, and again, I mean, you're you're using tracks like "Long, Long, Long" the sample, "While My Guitars Gently Weeps," "Glass Onion," "Mother's Nature Son," like songs that you wouldn't think you could fucking sample. Julia, like "Piggies," <laughs> "Rocky Raccoon," I think you could say. Like I, I could see this as a sample, but who the fuck would have thought of sampling "Revolution Number Nine Is fucking yeah. So, I mean. It is, and again, I, I, they, this to me goes to show like what an art of really sampling is. I mean, the Black Album showcases it, but you know, some of those samples, you're like, oh, was that really a sample? Or was that something they recorded in the studio? Because they're so obscure. With the Gray Album, it's like in your face. Like, there's no doubt that this is the Beatles being sampled in an amazing way. Yeah, and it, it, it's an art now. I think like the 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 mashup. Because that, that was a lot of fun when these mashup albums started coming out, and the Gray mm-hmm. album was the first one. But there was like a whole bunch of them after, like especially with this album, because again, it put it came on acapella. I think somebody, I could be wrong, or might be just misremembering mis- things, but I think there was uh, the Purple album where they uh, sampled Purple Rain in this. Really, I'm gonna look this up. I I might have just dreamed it one night, but hey, if somebody's out there listening to this. Can you give us the purple album? <laughs> um, apparently, the purple album is out there. It is out there. Oh, so I did. <laughs> wasn't a fever dream. Of mine. You are right. I have not heard this. I'm going to have to listen to this. Um, yeah. But yes, no, the purple album is out there. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. So like, I remember. Yeah. So like the mashups that that was really interesting, and I think it got again. Uh, Jay Z and Rockefeller and Def Jam. They're not going to complain. Obviously, they'll. I mean, I don't. Th- I don't believe they did a whole lot of trying to cease and desist because you're getting the <laughs> you're getting the album much more publicity. No, it was actually it was the Beatles side that complained. 
um, EMI. Yeah, I think it was EMI, right? EMI, yep. And Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr were like, this is not okay. And it's like... I thought they were okay with it. It was just oh, the players at EMI. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm, I'm wrong. Yes. The Ringo and McCartney were fine with it. Jay-Z was fine with it. EMI was not. Yeah, the lawyers... Look at yep. Paul throwing Ringo under the bus like that. Jesus. I, I, right? God, you know, fucking Ringo. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, I haven't, I haven't seen you go after an old man like this since Al Strobel fiasco <laughs> in the Twin Peaks podcast. Wait, what about... No, come on. No, no, hold on. Hold on. Um, yeah, okay, that's fair. I did go after Al Strobel. You're fine. <laughs> he dyes his hair. Like, God, man. <laughs> Fucking fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like 80 years old and you're mocking him. Mock, 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 mock. Um, all right, Joe, uh, what is your final kind of census on recommending the Black Album? Oh, I'd recommend it. This is also, I think, would work as a great introduction if you want to get into Jay-Z. This is probably a good album to ease yourself. Uh, Blueprint, I would say. Probably say this in Blueprint. If you want to, like, test the waters with Jay-Z, that would be... I wouldn't do Reasonable Doubt. It's a good album, but I think the, the this and Blueprint would be an easier getting into with with Hova. Yeah, 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 with Hova. Um, definitely, I, yeah, I, the Black Album, again, I never sat down and listened to it all the way through, so I, like me bringing up the whole fact of like the track order kind of thing was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> it's jarring. I hadn't listened to this in years, so like, I, I popped it on, I was like, fuck interlude does it really start with interlude? right right <laughs> like, that's what I, I thought at first i'm like oh man I thought I had my, my, uh, my <laughs> it was on random you know like yes that's what i thought too i was like wait but this can't be right and then i had to look online for the track order and i'm like oh fuck okay this is what it is um <laughs> my first song's last okay all right fair enough um <laughs> you know I've, I've listened to songs where part four starts at the first track and part one is at the end of the album so okay i'll, I'll i'm on for the ride what do i know so, <laughs> yes i i would also recommend um the black album wholeheartedly i do think that this is a great way to get into it i would also agree with you that blueprint is i mean hova um is such a classic song and it I mean, honestly, I think maybe this is better because you're going to get more as you get into, like, later Jay-Z of what you're going to see with him. Um, whereas earlier Jay-Z, I mean, it was, he... It's early still, but he's still, early. like, even, like, he came out of the gate, like, a strong MC, but I think he really needed a, a strong production to yes. really kind of showcase that. It's kind yeah, of hard. But- you can be, like, a... You know, it's like you can be a great vocalist, but if you don't have like the right band behind you, it's kind of wasted. Well, yeah, I mean, we brought up the fact of um, Tina Turner, right? Tina Turner was in that one band, and the band there was the story where she was live, and the band was completely off, so it made her sound off. But the thing was, was that luckily whoever was there from the studio recognized that it wasn't her that it was the music and so he grabbed her and was like hey and put her in the album and put her in the studio and sure enough it was the fact that the band was out of tune and wasn't hitting where they needed to be yeah yeah so um i will bring up uh do you want to talk about reviews for this album i mean this album 
you would think would have been universally praised, except the Guardian is a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty much liked. It was just, you know, a few people just not getting it, I think. I, I mean, they did, maybe it's just not in their wheelhouse. There was always going to be those hot takes, right? They're going to come back and be like, Ugh. you know, like, this is what the Guardian says. Um you know, for all the dark wordplay, the album is an oral relevant of that of America's favorite, the Smaltzy biopic. You know, um, it, despite innumerable producers, there's little here tune-wise to match Jay's dexterous delivery and enormous reputation. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You know, you know what? You know, like Jay-Z said, fuck critics that can kiss his whole asshole. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. You don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just the man. Uh, I'm a, I am like to write, but the, that he, Jay-Z can fucking, like, write. Like, he has a talent. He has a talent. That is, like, a talent that very few people have. I so to be able to, like... Even just like fucking burns, man. <laughs> like holy shit. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. The man Abs- is like, a, yeah. He's he's fucking brilliant, and uh, yeah. This is you know this is top tier hip hop album. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's I'm hard pressed to find another album of that of this time, especially that even comes close. You know what I mean? It's. Especially where hip hop was in the early two thousands, a lot of it was a lot of horse shit. Well, as, as you mentioned, there was that hole, you know, of the two greats had been kind of killed. People were getting out. Um, well, it was like that. Just like it was all imploding. Like it was yep. the two great, two greats, you know, cut down in their prime. Yep. But like, even if they hadn't, it was just imploding. That whole East Coast West Coast thing. I mean, it was just. It was just a shady of- business practices and the lawsuits, and it just—it was just imploding. And then, like a lot of it, started becoming uninspired. Yes, it ran into you know. It interestingly enough, hip hop came out around the same time as grunge did, and imploded around the same time that grunge did. Uh, hip hop came out around the time punk did. Well, I'm saying the style. Yes, I mean the gangster rap and grunge. Ga- I think. Yes, I'm sorry. Gangster gang- rap, rap, grunge. That's probably around. The I'm sorry. Yes, Grace. Let me let me clarify. Gangster rap and grunge came out around the same time. Yes, yeah. and they both imploded around the same time. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think that's just like you know people just kind of got sick of it. It was like you know the gangster genre. It just, I mean, it it comes in waves now where it's it's popular again and then it's not. But it's just like there's only so much you can do with gangster rap, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or like if you fall under the umbrella, like Jay Z, he can be gangster, but he can also be straight up hip hop and rap. Like if, if you don't expand, you're gonna if you if you don't expand, you're gonna become stagnant. Yep, and that's kind of like the smart thing. Jay Z, he never became stagnant because he was always expanding sounds and his uh, his rhymes and his flow. Like he was just always fucking working at it. So you couldn't really pigeonhole him. I mean, people could probably try. But he's like a fucking, now he's a titan of industry and fuck, Jesus Christ. I think he's like, I think he's a billionaire. 
Uh, I believe he is worth a billion dollars um, <laughs> at this point. I think he is. Um, let me look at his net worth here. $1.3 billion. Yep. Jay-Z yeah, Jay-Z. I mean, is. it's just like the guy, he didn't become stagnant, and that's important. Like, we've talked about that with like, rock bands and everything. Well, if you become stagnant, then nobody's going to care. No, nope. keep churning out the same shit, nobody's going to care. Yes. You're, you're, you you got to have that drive. You got to have that drive to keep pushing forward. Yep. No, 100%. You got to reinvent. Like, so you look at some of the best artists, you know, again, Radiohead, right? How, Jesus Christ, they reinvented Madonna. Madonna, Madonna yep. would almost reinvent herself almost every fucking album. <laughs> she was the master. David Bowie yeah. was the master of reinventing himself. Lou Reed. Lou Reed. I mean, you know, uh, Kanye West. Kanye he did West. Eight and Heartbreaks. It was a, he did an emo album. Yep. Yep, I mean you gotta be able, and you and the thing is, it's, it's there's Beastie two, Boys, <laughs> the Beastie Boys, but you gotta do it, and you gotta do it right because yeah. let's talk about um, uh, what's his nuts that put out the rock, the the rapper that put out the rock album. Um, oh Wayne. my god, yeah, Lil Wayne put out that rock album, and which was good in concept, but the execution, I mean, that should have been a reinvention of himself. But yeah. wasn't done the right way because, in all honesty, he really wasn't reinventing himself. Yeah. He kept a lot of the same things, but promoted it as a reinvention along the same failure lines that, on the opposite end of the spectrum, one Garth Brooks had when he tried <laughs> to do Chris Gaines. It was yeah. the same. It was the same missteps yeah. that those two let's made also, together. Let's also talk about the greatest, uh, you know, change we've we've covered on here, and that was. Pat Boone's God in the metal mood. You're going there, you cocksuck. Um, yeah. Choo-choo. Crazy train, crazy train. <laughs> crazy, crazy chain. Choo-choo. Crazy, crazy chain. Uh, I think you have PTSD from that experience, Paul. <laughs> I, 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 I need, yes, I have PTSD from that experience. I really, really do because I blew myself up listening to that fucking Album. I don't I think mean, I found you that angry before. I I don't think I've been that angry before. You were almost as angry as Jay Z. <laughs> I was almost as angry as Jay Z. Um, no, it was um, it was it was rough. Um, so, um, Joe, I know this might be a little bit before this one comes out because as of the recording of this one, I am still working on the uh, new theme song for the third season. But what do you and Joe have going on at the Joe Down? We're gonna. Re- be revealing this week uh, never been kissed oh fuck through very more vehicle it's uh, mm. i watched the first half hour today and i was gonna follow it up with a revenge pick because you know that's how i typically do it but i think brown just self-owned him on this one to the point where he he was his own worst revenge with the first half hour of this movie like i'm not gonna top it so <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to pick next, but originally it was going to be Grown Ups 1 because we did Grown Ups 2 during Adam Sandler month, which uh, almost destroyed the Joe down when we did that. Oh, boy. We did that. <laughs> we did Adam Sandler month, and then the pandemic happened. Like, maybe I shouldn't, uh, you know, mock the gods again. <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't. Um <laughs> Fuck, dude. You know, uh, speaking of movies, real quick, I will say, I, I we watched a classic. I don't know if you saw that on my Facebook or not. And 
I haven't seen this movie since, oh my God, I think since it came out on video, which was, and yes, I'm using the term video properly, which was Romancing the Stone, sir. Oh. And let me tell you something. I fucking loved it. <laughs> did you ever watch the sequel? Jewel of the Nile? Yeah. I did, and it's nowhere near as good. War of the Roses, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> but I forgot how young Danny DeVito never yeah. looked. <laughs> yeah, it's like weird to see him on old episodes of Taxi. Yeah, right? It's it, He's got that Patrick Stewart thing where they just always looked old. Yep. But now, like, you watch Picard, you're like, oh, you are old. And now, <laughs> I'm, and now I watch um, Always Sunny. I'm like, oh, you are old. Like, I did not realize you weren't old back then. <laughs> oh, well, you know, he plays Frank Reynolds. Paul, like, you know, is like, he may be old, but he, he has those condoms for his massive dong. <laughs> He's like, <"He's> awesome. <laughs> trash can. Um, I'm the trash man. <laughs> I'm the trash man. Um, all right, Joe. Well, are you going to ask me what we're going to do next? Paul, what are we going to do next? Well, you know, we avoided some controversy with this particular episode, but it seems like there's been a theme since our season three, which has been, we've been talking about a lot of problems and problematic music. And I agree. This is our first episode. (laughs) Well, I mean, well, this is the first episode, but the ones I haven't released yet prior to this will be part of season three um, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but um, I decided to go head on into problematic music um the one that when you and i were young this was the album that uh we were probably never supposed to hear oh i think i know what you're gonna pick (laughs) the album that was so terrible um that uh it was a um it was considered legally obscene and it's the first album in history to be deemed legally obscene. Do you know where we are going, Joe? I'm guessing Two Live Crew. As nasty as they want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me, baby. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Yep. Now, I, I, I have been planning this one for a little bit because I knew I was going to follow up the Jay-Z one with this one. I am going to tell you right now. Uh, hopefully Spotify... Uh, are you still using Spotify these days, no. or did you get rid of it? No, I got rid of Spotify. Okay, so what are you using these days? Because YouTube Music does not have the dirty version of this album. It Jeez. only has the clean version, which is called As Clean As They Want to Be. Let me check. I'm on uh, Amazon 2 Live Crew. As nasty as they want to be. <sighs> oh, man. Which such hit says, me so horny, put her in the buck, dick almighty, <laughs> I hate bullshitting, the fuck shop, <laughs> badass bitch, and reggae joint. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Whoa, there's a... I will tell you it is on YouTube, just not YouTube music. That's that's fine. That is just nest as they wanna be 
let me see here. Eighteen tracks. Uh, it would be eighteen tracks. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, two live crews. Yes, they want to be, but it's under the two live crew Luke's side A, which is a weird, I guess, how they snuck it onto Amazon. I'm gonna guess how they snuck it on the Amazon. Yeah. It was a song. <laughs> it's the classic Dick Almighty. Yeah, the classic Dick Almighty. Yes, yes. With, the fuck um, shop. The fuck shop. <laughs> If you believe in having sex, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I this, this was a, this was a bit. This was on the TV news. This was on the national TV news, sir. Yeah, and to give you guys an idea, national TV news in the eighties was way different than national TV yeah. news now. <laughs> it was actual news. It was actual news. Like this was, this was a big. Like I, I remember. This and I believe Mortal Kombat. Um, we had assemblies about this record, about this album, um, about not listening to it, about not, um, obs- you know, that it was obscenity, that no one should be listening to it, that it should be banned. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we did have an obs- uh, assembly about not the album itself, but about music like this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was. A stupid time. Everybody was afraid of words and video games. Not much has changed. No. Now it's the left upset with it instead of the right. It's great. <laughs> it's great. We're just through the fucking looking glass now. We are. We are through the left <laughs> looking glass. Um, you know, words are like bullets, Paul. And video games rot people's brains. And masturbating puts hair on your palms. Yes. And I don't even. Know. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now to give you an idea, and I thought about doing the clean version of it just because I thought it'd be funny and called as clean as they want to be, but that's only eleven tracks, <laughs> and um, it's no, no. We gotta, we gotta hit up the 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 real, you know, the real oomph. Paul, that- I'm so excited to be because now we're getting heading into the summer. I'm gonna be cruising around Fargo, <laughs> North Dakota. Blasting two life crew out of my car with my windows down. <laughs> oh my god, dude, it's gonna be genius. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I I really wanted to tackle this one because you know, um, this one <clears throat> when they talk about like the the parents against music, this wasn't even. This was its whole separate thing. Yeah, this album was. They wanted it. Uh, like literally made obscene and it was determined to be legally obscene which is a whole nother thing like they went as far as to try and get it banned yep. from even being able to was sold. banned wasn't it um i believe that so that this was is the lawsuit started i believe in florida right the lawsuit yes yeah no no the band was arrested when they performed the track at a strip club they were arrested <laughs> oh you're playing obscene music in a strip club, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Let me clutch my pearls for a second. <laughs> I mean, if you can't do can't do obscene music in a strip club, won't somebody it, please think of the children? <laughs> I know, right? Right? 
I mean, when you really think about it, it is it is a ridiculous <laughs> thing. Um, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I bring this up now. David Bowie, of all people, stopped a performance um, mid-song to actually talk about as nasty as they want to be. And I will give the quote in the album, but he went to their defense in the middle of a song he did to actually call out and be like, you know what, this is what, no, no. Um, so yeah, no, there's there's going to be a lot of behind the scenes to this album. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a long one, uh, considering the album itself runs about 80 minutes. Um, but it's going to be 80 minutes, glory whole minutes, dude. Oh. I love it. I love it, Paul. I'm glad you do. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, <laughs> We're going to get canceled. <laughs> we are going to get canceled. And that's something I really want to bring up is we'll talk about that. Cause I, I, I know this album actually pretty well. And, um, Yes, we're going to talk about canceling uh, as well. Like, there's a lot of things we got to discuss around this album because I think as you listen to it, you're going to giggle, but you're also going to, there's going to be other things that come to your head and you're going to go, hmm, hmm, really, really, for that, really? <laughs> things that make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Dick Almighty. All right, Joe, do you have any, do you, do you want to take us out? No. This has been Rate That Album with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming. Thank you for listening. <laughs>